0: Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody.
1: I'm Mujahat Ali.
0: And it has been forever in a day, Waj, since we have been together uh, on this glorious show. And I don't think we could have come back at a better week. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's amazing because it's one of those... Uh, good problems where right before we started recording i'm like there's so much chaotic shit danielle what do you want to talk about and i think we both decide that we're just going to play a game called wheel of chaos and we're just yes. gonna spin it see where it's land and start riffing because we're recording this on wednesday y'all are hopefully listening to this on thursday as it's nice and fresh and tasty and there's so much stuff that is happening that is just just exquisite <laughs>
0: by exquisite i will say an absolute fucking mess um
1: let me spin the wheel first i'm gonna spin the wheel
0: so you spin the wheel first
1: i'm spinning the wheel and it lands on the libertarian party danielle you're up first
0: (laughs) so there is um you referred to it a bunch of what is it uh Quiet racism? Is that a genre?
1: Yeah, that is a that is that is a very popular genre in America and still makes money.
0: Okay, so explain to the people where the libertarian like, first of all, let me say this about libertarians. I've never liked them. <laughs> I will be honest. Um, because they are not libertarians. Uh a, a libertarian liberty is about freedom, which to me is rooted in justice. Which is kind of an antithesis to things that these people actually fight for and/or scream about and/or want. Um, but please tell the story uh, of where these folks have landed this week and why they have made it to our wheel of chaos.
1: All right. So why why is a libertarian trending? We're not talking about Ron Paul. Uh, you have no business trending libertarian. Get out of my get out of my Twitter. Uh, But the reason why Libertarian is trending is because Nina Turner tweeted the following. Insulin should be free. Medicine should be free. That's it, folks. That's the tweet. The Libertarian Party decided to quote tweet that tweet, and they wrote, Nina Turner picking crops should be free.
0: I wish that this was a full video show. If you all would have just seen my face. Um wow. <laughs> it's very, it's,
1: it's, it's so, very rare that uh, Danielle who is a pro wow. and you know in radio never have dead air, but Danielle- <laughs> dead
0: air, but I really could not help myself because the picking crops part for me um is wild um yeah that actually that it does not fall into the genre of quiet racism watch i i take it back (laughs) i'm like that was just actually outright racism it's the picking it's the crops and it's saying that a black woman should be free and and and, and her crime the
1: the crime why why should she do that danielle
0: yeah because because she said insulin
1: should be how dare she say insulin which by the way is affordable in most other countries, it's the most expensive in America to the point where so many people who suffer from diabetes, I have folks in my family, have to ration their insulins in the the most uh, wealthy country on earth because they can't afford it. So she said the audacity of this woman to say insulin should be free merited this uh, non-quiet racist response.
0: It's just, you know what it is to me that kind of gets at the core of, of her message and their response. I mean, their response is just racism, but what gets out of the core of a lot of people who respond to basic things that we are asking for as citizens of this country that other countries, to the point that you just made, have for free or have at very low cost because the humanity and the well-being Of their country is tied to the humanity and the well being of its inhabitants. And that's something that they understand, right? If we have a healthy workforce, that means that they will actually produce more. But it's to the point where we believe the lie of capitalism and the lie of greedy ass pharmaceutical corporations Mm. who tell us that they just can't. It is impossible to do this thing that other countries do it's impossible you know to determine that people who are unwell should be cared for in this country and that your pre you know what 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 is it your your pre pre you know condition should cost you bankruptcy like it is or it death. is so or death because you cannot ration out or like that there's medication That if you don't have good insurance, which I will tell you as a self-employed human uh, living in New York, my insurance is uh, crap. Mm. But at least I have some. um, The fact is that it's like holding your breath to go to these pharmacies when you're ill. And I can't imagine people that have actual like persistent illness like diabetes, and holding your breath when you when they ring you up, right? And you're just like, that med- medication is normally $350 a pill. Yep. And unfortunately, you need three doses of that a day every day for the rest of your life to live. And so it's like, so what is your actual fucking choice here?
1: Uh, you either engage in some criminal activity to raise the money, or you ration your insulin, or you die. And I think it's an important history reminder for folks that the creators of insulin decided to sell the pan for $1 because they deliberately and intentionally wanted this life-saving medicine to be given to those who need it. And yet yeah. in the United States of America, you got these three companies, these three pharmaceutical companies that have monopolized the production of it and have raised the prices to the point where it's the most expensive country in the world to get insulin, again, a life-saving medicine whose creators essentially gave it away for free, Danielle. And, and the fact that these libertarians, who, by the way, are all about the free market, and you know I don't care what someone else does as long as you, they do it in their ports, it's all about weed and alcohol, and maybe sex. But there has always been a racist uh, flavoring, if you will, Danielle, a racist coloring uh, to the... Ron Pauls and his son, the Rand Pauls and the Libertarians, to the point where I'm still trying to figure out why, like, if you gave me like a thousand responses to Nina Turner's tweets, I would not have come up with like, you gave me a thousand, like Groundhog's Day. You could do it a thousand times, 5,000 times. I would not have come up with pick crops. It's <laughs> just like, it's the most egregiously racist tweet. And and we're not finished. With, with the Perhaps racism, because
0: you're not racist, that's why it wouldn't come to it. Wouldn't come to you. Oh yeah, that's true. You, that's watch, true. Yeah, because you're not <laughs> racist. So uh,
1: I, I have to. We, we've touched on two things. I, I'm going to take the prerogative and spin the wheel uh, again because I know you've been talking about it. I'm going to spin the wheel and keeping on the theme of a non-quiet racism. The wheel lands on this country singer called Jason Aldine. uh mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. I don't care. I don't uh, care. Yeah, uh, Danielle. <laughs>
0: Let me tell you that I don't give a fuck. I don't
1: care, Aldine, Aldine. I don't give a shit. Uh, right. You you just uh, did a segment on Jason mm-hmm. Aldine, Aldine, Uh Talk to us. Why is okay. he in the news?
0: So this and and I want to I want to use better language than what I you know I, I want to sound better than uh than this person, but Jason Aldine. Is a country music star. And I'm going to offright tell people that I hate country music. It is my least favorite genre of music. Um, and so I was alerted to this story by a friend of mine, Dr. Jonathan Metzel, who wrote the book Dying of Whiteness. Great book. You all should read it. <laughs> it's an amazing book. And Jonathan comes on Woke Up uh, every week. And so he says, Danielle, have you heard about this controversy? <laughs> and, I said, and I'm like, which fucking one, you know, like which one are you talking about? So folks, uh, Jason Aldean uh, did a music video. First of all, the song that uh, is being called out right now is called, Try That in a Small Town, okay? And uh, the video, the song came out in May. But the video came out recently, like I think this week or last week. And CMT pulled it from rotation. Ask me why.
1: (laughs) Why would CMT Mm -hmm. pull Jason Aldean's harmless Mm -hmm. video of the song? Try that in a small town, Daniel?
0: Well, because he decided to shoot the video at the Maury County Courthouse in Columbia, Tennessee, mm. where he projected images from violent uh, images of violence that happened at various protests, as well as images from a Black Lives Matter <clears throat> uprising in 2020. Why is the courthouse so very telling in this video well let me tell you
1: well well, it's because they love Mm -hmm. law and order in that small town
0: no it's (laughs) because they love lynching um because that was a dark plot twist yeah because at this county courthouse in columbia it is infamous for a lynching of henry uh i want to say it is choate who was 18 and was lynched there in front of that courthouse in 1927, mm. where the infamous Columbia race riot, or most likely should probably be named Massacre, mm. took place. Right? Um, so it is all and no, I'm sorry. It was the 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 site in 1927 of this lynching of Henry Choate, and then in 1946. It was also an infamous site for the race riot, which I'm pretty sure you can call uh, white mob violence. This is the place that Jason L. Dean said, hmm, I have a song and it's called Try Me and it is about violence and I'm going to use images of black and brown people and then say, you can try that because I want y'all, I want y'all, you see, I want to give you a piece, uh, one of the lyrics of this song, um, which by the way, according to iTunes is now trending as number one. Awesome. Uh, because that's what white supremacists do, but I'm pretty sure... This is bot shit. This is like white supremacist circle the wagons. Let us save one of our racist own. This is how this shit works. But this is what he sings about in his song. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the flag and light it up. Yeah, you think you're tough. Well, try that in a small town. See how far you make it down the road. Around here, we take care of our own. You cross that line, it won't take long for you to find out. I recommend you don't try that in a small town.
1: Oh, that means they're just going to invite them over for a pie and have a rational discussion in the Rust Belt Diner, and just they're just going to hash it out, right?
0: It is (laughs) the most outwardly egregious racist shit that I think that I have heard someone produce for entertainment in a really fucking long time. And, and the then, fact that
1: CMT, like the fact that CMT said, you know what, this is this is like CMT saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is so racist that even we can't get away with it. There's like no dog whistles here. There's no subtlety. You're like straight up advocating violence, saying that if you yeah. come to this town, you disrespect the cops, you, you step on the flag. Basically what he's saying is, hey, you blacks who are part of BLM, try that in a small town and I'll Kyle Rittenhouse you.
0: Yes, that is exactly what he's saying. And so there is another line in there that talks about grandpa gave me this gun. They're trying to take it away, try and take it away in a small town. Mm. Like I I, I shit you not that this man, and what what kills me, Waj, about Jason Aldean's song and about Jason Aldean himself, you know that he was on stage singing when 58 people were gunned down at the Las Vegas Mm. mass shooting.
1: Mm. And he's not from a small town either.
0: No, he's also not. He's from Nashville. Um, But also, so after that mass shooting, he came out and talked about the fact that I believe in gun rights, but like we need regulation and people need to come together on this issue and blah, blah, blah. Fast forward. And this is where this man is.
1: And it's not just this man, Danielle, because it's one of those situations where we use this example and you're like, oh, it's an outlier. I want you all to know that uh, Christy Noem, the governor of South Dakota, who famously decided to fight COVID with a video of her shooting a gun, because that's how you destroy COVID, you shoot at it. She came out oh, yeah. earlier today. She's
0: a doctor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she came
1: out earlier today, released a video on Twitter uh, titled, My Thoughts on Try That in a Small Town. Uh, and basically supported the song and said that the song, (laughs) the lyrics that you've quoted, I have not listened to the song, I have no desire to listen to the song, pretty much basically white rage is going to kill you if you come here and try all that, you know, freedom shit and try to regulate gun violence and try to advocate for BLM. She said that this song, Danielle, is a song that shows a, quote, love for law and order. This is where the Republican Party is. This is who they are.
0: This is a song that shows white vigilantism Hmm. as something that is heroic. And I want people to understand that he's been forced to comment several times on his song and has said... Anyone, you know, music is up for interpretation, but anyone who, and I'm I'm paraphrasing, anyone who says that there, there's not a racist thing in that song. I don't say anything racist in that song. And I'm like, are you dumb? Because you don't actually need to say the N-word for us to know what you're talking about. Like, this is how stupid they think that people are. And I'm just like, the whole song stinks of a Klan rally. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? You,
1: you, could, you don't have to say the N word. You could just say a black woman should pick
0: crops. Yeah, you can just say, don't try that in a small town because apparently we don't have cops here. We'll just kill you because what? Maybe you still have sunset laws on the books, mm. you know, where black people are not supposed to be in town after dark because if they are, then they're free for the poaching by any white supremacist walking by. This type of shit... Um, one, I am very, uh, proud of CMT for pulling it country music over the last 20 and 30 years since they, um, tried to kick the Dixie chicks out of music, um,
1: old school become, reference. I respect that for the yeah, young bucks
0: has become a lot more diverse. Mm. I see their advertisements for their country music awards and all of these things. And there are tons of black and brown people that are on the stage and in the audience that are winning their top honors. And so the industry itself has opened up in a lot of ways. And so I commend CMT for being like, yeah, so no, like we're not gonna glory, like, and also this is just glorifying violence. Like Mm. if you don't even wanna get down with with the overtones of racism, we're living in mass shooting America, shoot em up America. And you're telling people to go get more guns and guard what? Because here's the thing, white America, I don't want to go to your small fucking town. Like no one's trying to come there. We just would love for you to stay the fuck out of our cities and stop using your anxiety as a way to enforce policy.
1: Well, that's 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 been the anxiety that has fueled white rage and white violence since the beginning of this country, right? And back in the day, Danielle, you and I, when we were growing up in the 80s and 90s, there used to be subtle dog whistles. Reagan, Nixon, all of them perfected the Southern strategy. But what's so frightening is that now it's so out in the open without any veneer of subtlety whatsoever, where the guys, like of all the places he could choose, <laughs> To film his video, he goes, let, let me be on the nose in case you missed the metaphors in my song. I'm going to do it at the place where we mm-hmm. used to lynch y'all. Know your mm-hmm. place. Take yep. the knee. Bend the knee to us or else. And there is, uh, with the Wheel of Chaos, there is a, uh, well, there there might be some accountability for for all this because this kind of. Uh this white rage became full-blown herpes uh on January 6th.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes, it was
1: no offense to herpes. Uh, sure. uh, uh, uh don't want to disrespect herpes and, and equate it with white rage. But you know, we sit in there literally January 6th, a violent insurrection where a mob said, We don't care, we're mad as hell, and we're not gonna take it anymore, and we're gonna take over the U.S. Capitol, kill a cop couple of people are going to die. We're going to come armed. and We're going to try to assassinate Mike Pence. Hell, we'll try to assassinate Pelosi. Oh, we didn't get Pelosi. One of our guys will go try to beat up uh, her husband. Oh, he survived, thank God. And we're going to do it again. Well, Wheel of Chaos, let me spin it. And we're landing at Target Letter. Danielle, how do you <laughs> feel about this Target Letter?
0: You know, the funny thing is, is, I thought after Donald Trump's first indictment, his second indictment, that I would feel lighter, Mm. that I would feel better. Um, Like justice was on its way. He truth socials or whatever the fuck you call it, that he's received this letter from the department of justice, alerting him to the fact that you're going to be indicted for a third time. Pretty much. Right, And this time, it is going to be happening in washington dc which was the site of the insurrection and i got to tell you i don't feel good i actually feel like we live in a banana republic i feel like how much like anyone else with the fucking evidence <laughs> with the multiple indictments would they be looking for their tea time tomorrow no no they'd be in jail and as a matter of fact as a matter of fact, the, 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 uh, I, what is the guy from the FBI, the other man who was just arrested, the 20 something year old, uh, guy that was just arrested for showing people, uh, 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 classified documents, right? And, Cause I know these are two different cases, but I want to bring, I want to bring up this point. The man has been remanded to prison, mm. right? for the, for his showing of classified documents. And his lawyers just appealed and said, I'd like to be treated essentially like Donald Trump. If he doesn't have to be remanded, and he was the president of the United States with a lot more uh, national security threat and all of these things, and he is, you know, asking for later tea times, why the hell Do I have to stay in prison? So when you want to talk about like our justice system, the fact is, is that anyone else who was not Donald Trump, who was not white, who is not as wealthy and is not as well-known and well-connected would not be free right now awaiting trial. They would be remanded to jail. So how do I feel with this target letter? I feel like we will Donald Trump will never see the inside of a of a jail. I feel like we will never see these cases unfold because somehow he's going to steal the 2024 election, become president of the United States <laughs> and everyone else is going to go to jail. That's how I feel.
1: You know, I I think you and me are the the cynics in the room because a lot of our friends and colleagues are like, "No, but look" Jack Smith, he's getting it done. And like you mentioned, this is most likely going to be the third indictment. And we still haven't even talked about Fannie Willis of Georgia. So I think there's going to be four indictments. But I'm with you, Daniel. He's a rich, white, wealthy man who was a former president of the United States. And of history as our guide, Richard Nixon, uh, didn't spend a day in jail, had a very lucrative career uh, <laughs> after Watergate and after resigning. He went on to write books and, you know, went on a speaking tour and was seen as an elder statesman. Um, And Donald Trump is now openly committing crimes. This guy, like, just admits it. He's like, hey, here's the audio of me basically criming out loud. And I kind of do feel a little bit, I don't feel bad, for his cronies who are probably going to go to jail. And they're going to be singing like birds, like Mark Meadows and Doug Ducey, Ducey, whatever his name is, uh, former... um, Governor of Arizona, apparently he's talking. And I'm telling you this, man, white rage is fickle and they're weak. These people are mm-hmm. porcelain teacups. They're brittle. Not a single one of them, Daniel, is going to go to jail for Donald Trump. They're singing yeah. like canaries right now. And one good piece of news is in out in Michigan, uh, the attorney general uh, announced that they're investigating 16 Republican activists who tried and thankfully failed with yes. their fake elector scheme to try to get Donald Trump elected. So the fact that the AG finally going after them after, what, two and a half years is comforting. I want them to go after Jenny Thomas. So far, nothing's happened. Uh, and we have the text of Jenny Thomas literally encouraging Mark Meadows and this insurrectionist white rage to take over the January, uh, uh, take over, excuse me, the US Capitol and, and commit treason. So listen, I'm with you in this. But at the same time, uh, two things. Number one, I do think this will weaken Donald Trump. Is it enough for Biden to win? I hope so. Weaken
0: Donald Trump? His poll numbers, waj, have risen. With his base. man has fundraised off of this more money than Ron DeSantis, watch paint dry, man. Wet noodle Ron DeSantis? Wet noodle Ron DeSantis, or Rob as we like to call him on The New Abnormal, he has raised more money than his, than the number two. And he has two indictments. Now he's about to have three. He might have
1: four. So I think, he look, to that four. point, one, I'm talking about national election. I think there'll be enough people sick of him. And the fact, Then this is where the scary part comes in, my second point, is Biden's leading him like 49, 44 around right now. I think by the time we come to the election, like you and I have predicted, Ron DeSantis is a wet noodle. I think he's done. Uh, I think it's always going to be Trump. It's Trump's cult. Uh, until the, um, uh, the the golden calf uh, dies or goes to prison, which I think I agree with you. I don't think he's going to prison. Uh, it belongs to him. Uh, the second part, and this is a scary part of all of this, and it's a recurring theme of today's Wheel of Chaos, is no matter mm-hmm. how egregiously racist they are, no matter how terrible, no matter how violent, no matter how corrupt, as a result of this bombshell news, you would think Republican leadership would say, we're done with Trump. Instead, Danielle, Kevin Double McCarthy, down. even Ron DeSantis in his interview with Jake Tapper, even Megan Kelly, folks, yes, Megan Kelly, whom Donald Trump humiliated and belittled and made misogynist jokes about this week, has come around and said, "Hey, I'm burying the hatchet. I'm okay with Trump." So this, Danielle, is where the modern conservative movement is. Jason mm-hmm. Aldean, if that's his name, I think it is. You're talking about (laughs) lynching? I'm with you. Nina Turner, picking cotton. Hey, that's not racist. Uh, We're really upset about RFK's anti-Semitism. Oh, but by the way, uh, Donald Trump, our leader, is going to sit and dine with Nick Fuentes, the white supremacist leader. We're for law and order, but guess what? We're fine with Kyle Rittenhouse shooting up people and a violent insurrection. And so, folks, in this podcast called Democracy-ish, when we're trying to warn you about the threat that we're facing, oftentimes Danielle and I have been called crazy, wild, hysterical, reactionary, and yet, as we have been bound to do for the past couple of months, we have started to flex a bit, our batting average would put us in the all-star game. Yes. <laughs> so maybe we're onto something, Danielle maybe wrong i mean
0: to we're we're consistently on to something we're onto to it onto their bullshit uh is what we're consistently on to and calling out on this show every single week um final thoughts Waj, as we uh with, with just a with just a couple minutes left that we have um honestly, you know and i i I know that you 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 just said it, but l- let's see this. Um, Donald Trump always truth socials or whatever the fuck he does on broke ass Twitter before, uh, the hammer comes down. Mm -hmm. We know that Fonnie Willis gave her timeline between July and September. Right. Um, do you think that we enter the fall with a four time in a four time indicted Uh, Donald Trump, and with your lawyer hat, uh, do we see the beginning of any of these trials before the end of the year?
1: Uh, Four-time, indicted, twice impeached Donald Trump. Uh, So I predict that that will happen. Uh, I do not know about the trials before the end of the year. My concern is that they will punt the trials post- election season, pulling a, a type of James Comey or Merrick Garland where they care about the institutions. But this is where, Danielle, I have more faith in DA Willis of Georgia and also the New York case, because uh, I think they'll go by their own timeline. They don't care. And I think it'll help them and uh, their case. So those two particular cases, I see them moving forward. Because I see those two uh, DAs, Bragg and 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 Willis, in particular, giving zero F's.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I I would like to say that um, we see if we don't see the beginnings of a trial before the end of 2023, I definitely know that we will have a trial beginning in the first quarter of 2024. And like I have said. So many times on this show and on others, 2024 is going to make 2020 look like a fucking vacation. Mm. I think it is going, and, and let, me, let me quote uh, uh, Steve Bannon, I think for the first time ever, uh, 2024 is going to be wild. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is going to be wild.
1: Uh, and, I, and I think he, he did a mic drop at uh, one of these nutty right-wing conservative uh, conferences, and he effed up the mic drop. So I have faith that your mic drop will be done with authority and elegance. Final thing uh, I want to talk about, uh, let the wheel of chaos land on this final talking point. Uh, I want to give a shout out to all the workers who are protesting, all the workers, uh, specifically uh, the writers and the actors who have joined up for the first time in 60 years to launch a simultaneous strike against uh, Hollywood. Uh, To quote Chuck D and Public Enemy back in the day, burn Hollywood burn, I believe if this industry is unwilling and unable to pay its talent, I'm fine with this industry figuratively burning down to the ground. Short-term pain, but inshallah, maybe the creatives will find a better way to create and distribute content that we all love, but finally pay their workers, And it's the same struggle, folks. You know, a lot of folks are like, I don't care about Hollywood. It's the privileged folks. The overwhelming majority of actors and writers do not make Tom Cruise FU money. They're poor. They're trying to just get by. They're just trying to literally earn a living wage. And the reason why I I mentioned this is we brought this up on our show is for the first time in 40 years, labor, folks, is having its moment. Republicans and Reagan have tried for 40 years in particular to crush it. Thanks to the pandemic, for the first time, workers are uniting. They have a little bit of power and they're flexing. And now you got AI. So now this is about literally your survival uh, against extinction. So uh, if, if you aren't paying attention to this, I would say throw in your support for these writers and these actors. Uh, they're just like the Amazon workers. They're just like the U, uh, the UPS workers, the Starbucks workers. People are demanding a living wage. And the mother effers, who are trying to crush them. Danielle are getting paid 200 to $500 million for creating nothing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is, it is, um, I listened to Bob Iger Mm. president of Disney, um, say that what these strikers are asking for is unrealistic. I would argue that being paid $25 million uh a year uh which i think is i'm actually i think i'm underselling yeah 27 he got got 27
1: and he's made 300 over the past five
0: so he's made 300 million dollars over the past five years and to your point doesn't create a goddamn thing and has the audacity to tell people who on average i believe i saw that writers make on average about 69 thousand dollars uh a year uh in hollywood that what they're asking for Uh, is unrealistic, is the most disgusting and out of touch thing that I think I have heard recently from the 1% to look down on. Maybe something crazy, maybe people making $300 million in five years and you don't even have a fucking jump shot. Uh, Maybe, maybe that should be questioned. Um, just an idea, but I wouldn't want bob Barger to have to give up one of his, you know, multi-million dollar homes. Oh, well, speaking of
1: homes, I will say this: just just to underscore the cruelty. Before we head out, it was allegedly Bob Iger who told Deadline that the end goal, a cruel but necessary tactic, is to force these striking writers and actors to go homeless. So the CEOs. Yes. Literally, he had, the fact that he actually even admitted this shows you that they're so removed from humanity that they think their supervillainy is like normal. They don't even realize they're being supervillains. So the end goal, folks, is that they're willing to wait them out until they go homeless. Imagine that.
0: So I just want to say this. Our producer Q just texts to say, Bob Iger makes $75,000 a day. Just put, just put that into fucking perspective that the average writer mm. makes $69,000 in 12 months. Mm. Bob Iger is making more than them in one day.
1: You know, at least Mary Antoinette said, let them eat cake. And the modern 1% doesn't even let people eat crumbs. And so I'll repeat what I said. If they do not reform and they do not treat their writers well, Danielle, figuratively, I'm Mm -hmm. down with burning it to the ground.
0: Yeah, fuck them. Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody.
1: And I'm Wajat Ali.
0: And we will be back next week, dear friends, if in fact we have a country left. Inshallah.